Welcome to the Road Safety Podcast, the podcast that keeps driving for work and how to manage risks in the mind of people and business across Scotland. Our conversations will help you understand where driving for work sits within the safe system approach. We all have a part to play in keeping ourselves and each other safe on the roads. This podcast is brought to you by your host, Dr. Karen McDonnell. As Occupational Health and Safety Policy Advisor at ROSPA, I am responsible for the delivery of the work of the Scottish Occupational Road Safety Alliance. Today we're going to be discussing in overview the importance of managing occupational road risk as you would any other risk to your organisation. Episode 4 focused on the importance of checking. Today we're exploring what actions organisations need to take to close the loop and ensure the risks are being managed. So to discuss this, I'm joined by Roger Bibbings, MBE, Partnership Consultant, ROSPA. Roger was ROSPA's Occupational Safety Advisor for nearly 20 years, retiring from the role in 2014. Prior to this, he was for 17 years Health and Safety Advisor at the Trades Union Congress, where he worked closely with the Health and Safety Commission and Executive, and also with the European Commission. He is the originator of ROSPA's work on the management of occupational road risk and perfectly placed to help you understand the concept and the steps towards managing the risk in your organisation. Hi, Roger. Hi there. So uh, today I'm hoping you can briefly explain what is meant by driving for work. What we mean by driving for work is using a vehicle and being on the road to enable you to do your job. Of course, Many hundreds of thousands of people are professional drivers. Driving is their work. But what we're talking about here, driving for work is not being able to do your job without getting in a vehicle and driving to a location, for example, to meet people, deliver a service or whatever, deliver goods even. So what we're trying to focus on are people, and we're talking here about possibly millions of people in the workforce for whom a vehicle is an essential tool in their work and yet they don't regard driving as actually their job, but it is actually the most risky thing they do. Between a quarter and a third of all casualties on the road are associated with vehicles being driven for work purposes, and people are more at risk of being killed or seriously injured in their work when they're driving in their work from one location to another than they are actually in fixed workplaces. And in terms of the ACT stage that we're, we're talking about in, in this, this episode of the podcast, it's underpinned by successful checking. And just briefly, can you recap on the check stage and some key do's and don'ts? The important thing about checking is to work out what's actually going on in reality. When managers have got people out on the road in vehicles, far too often they're out of sight and out of mind. But what checking needs to do is to be able to give information to managers and to the organisation about what is actually happening with those with those vehicles. How are they being driven? How are journeys being planned? What incidents are happening? What about the state of drivers? Are they picking up points, for example, in their leisure time when they're driving? And are they themselves um, under pressure? Are they being stressed? Are they nearly having accidents? Are, and so on. It's what's really happening in reality. That's the, that's the important thing about the important thing about checking. Given that we're talking here not about a fixed workplace, but we're talking about people at work out in the road network, which is shared space. How do you know, as an organisation, what's really going on? So you've got to develop your own approach to checking. And there are lots of telltales, for example, you can work out from service records, for example, 
uh, which vehicles have got more minor damage, which, which have got more tyre wear, uh, which are even using more fuel, for example. This will give you some clues as to how vehicles are being driven. Or if you want to invest in vehicle technology to monitor what's going on, then the possibilities are really almost endless. So the whole purpose of checking is to work out what's really going on. I think that I think that's that's perfect. And I was I was just reflecting there. It's almost like a window on what's going on in your organisation. The check-in series, you know, the check-in element within the the plan do check act series. The word act suggests that organisations really do need to take action and do something based on what's been uncovered. So once once you have your data, once you've looked at the data, what kind of actions can organisations take to start managing that risk? Well, the first thing is you actually need to plan and make time and space in which you're going to review. And you're going to need to get people in the team to bring forward the sorts of evidence they're looking for. Maybe the drivers themselves, maybe the person managing the fleet. You've got to get a little team together and actually commit to doing a review of your actual on-road safety performance against your policies and your objectives to see where the gaps are and what lessons you've learned. And if, for example, you find that certain drivers are using speed inappropriately or there's too much harsh, harsh braking going on, you need to concentrate perhaps on those drivers to say, uh, let's spend some time with them, just discussing this with them as line managers or maybe arranging for extra training. If you find, for example, you've got a lot of minor damage on vehicles that's associated with reversing, then rather than investing training just in on-road driving forward, you need to spend some time on reversing safely. If you find, for example, that, that some drivers are driving a lot at night when they shouldn't be, yeah, then you need to be looking at scheduling. So basically, make time and space to see what your checking information is telling you. To what extent are you achieving the standards and the expectations that you're setting for your drivers? And if there are problems journeys, problem drivers, problem vehicles, need to work out what you can do to get back on track and to be running a properly safe driving operation. So it's it's essential that you structure the information you get from your checking in such a way that it's helping you understand what's really going on. And what I would say is don't be afraid to press the point about learning from accidents and incidents. And in fact, don't wait for really serious accidents to happen. Really value and thank drivers for telling you about the near misses and the incidents, which the, the near miss incidents they've been involved in, and get them to give you the basic facts about them so that you can start to build up a, a picture and a pattern of the kinds of events that they're nearly being subject to. The whole piece there about taking time and space, you know, sort of uh, makes me consider about how often do you think an organisation should pause and reflect, you know, so to pause and reflect on progress made, to pause and reflect and consider whether or not their occupational road risk policy should be revised. You know, how frequently do you think people should do that? Uh, well, it depends on the complexity of the organisation. You should certainly do it at least once. You should do it, certainly do a big review at least once a year. Uh, but I, I would say that if you've got a large number of people and large numbers of vehicles out on the road day in, day out, then you should be having some kind of formal check uh, at least once a quarter, perhaps even once a month. It depends, it depends on the complexity of your organisation. There's no hard and fast rule about that. 
The, the important thing is to get a team of people together to do the reviewing. And this is where I'd stress the importance of involving drivers. It's all very well saying, well, we'll leave this up to the health and safety manager. Unless you actually can involve the drivers and the people on the sharp end, you won't get the, the richness and the experience and the information that you really need to work out what you're going to do next. The, the important thing in safety is not to, first of all, not to think that you can solve it all in a day, picking the box, done that, move on, now you're totally safe. That, that will never happen. Safety is something you've got to continue to work at over time. And when you do a review, there's always many, many things that you could put effort, time and effort into to, to approve. So it's a question of prioritization. So when you do your review, you want to work out what are the, the most serious issues that you seem to have uncovered in your review and work out how you're going to address that with the limited resources that, that are available and make sure that everybody understands why you prioritise in that way. I think the, the important piece there for me is very much about visibility of the policies and procedures, you know, so when you are managing that risk as you should any other risk to your organisation, how do you ensure that it's embedded across the business and how do you ensure that everybody understands their role in delivering success? So in your experience, what quick wins can be made by organisations as they tackle driving risk? I mentioned three things. One is training and expertise. One is leadership, obviously, and the other is involvement. But the, the thing which can, I think, deliver the, the quickest wins is real visible felt leadership, not just by the senior managers in the organization, but by team leaders. In other words, if team leaders actually really believe in safer driving and road safety, and they take it to heart personally, then this will come across in the way they communicate the importance of the company's policies to other staff who are out there on the road. So a lot of organizations are tempted to say they'll invest in driver training, first of all. Uh, I would say nothing wrong with that. But the first thing I would do is make sure that all team leaders and um, senior managers are properly trained and properly understand and sign up to what the organisation is trying to do. I think that that's a really valid point in terms of uh, the purpose that SCORSA fulfills, you know, bringing together organisations to discuss these issues and providing opportunities for them to learn from each other. Because at the end of the day, you know, we all have a responsibility for what goes on on our roads, you know, the ownership element of it. So I think that sort of captures that in incredibly well and the importance of visible felt leadership and team leadership. And, and these terms are applicable. They are scalable from an, a small to micro business uh, right the way through to multinational organisations, all of which fall within the, the SCORSA membership. So in terms of a simple action plan, how can a simple action plan that's scalable depending on the size of your business and the complexity of your business, how can a simple action plan support this continual, continuous, I beg your pardon, uh, improvement? Again, it's go back to objectives. It's about making sure that at any point in your operation, uh, you've got um, safe vehicles, safe journey plans, and safe drivers. Those are the three things that you're aiming at all the time. If you can find gaps, things which are eroding or degrading your capacity to deliver those things consistently, then that's really where your where your action plan should focus. So your action plan should always be related to your objective. So the improve the improvement plan. The important thing about improvement plans is not to beat everybody over the head, 
uh, you need to give acknowledgement and recognition to people who've achieved good safe driving standards. So that's it's very good, very important to internally uh, to have um, just memos and emails thanking people for safe driving. You may have award schemes. You may take part in a variety of award schemes which are out there. But you can learn a lot from other companies that are getting recognition. The important thing in the action plan is not just to have a lot of instructions and commands, yeah, but also to highlight the practice, to thank people, and to establish champions in the business for safer driving. So if people, if people who, particularly those, there's nothing like the return of the prodigal, you know, particularly those drivers who've had problems and who've taken on board lessons and have become enthusiastic for safer driving, if they can become mentors or, or, or champions or people who can give toolbox talks or whatever to others, and that's an important part of that's an important part of the the action plan. The action plan isn't just about the hardware and the operations. It's also your action plan is really needs to be people focused most of the time. I, th- I think for me that that people focus is is a fundamentally uh, important part of taking an action plan forward and and delivering this continuous improvement uh, and really conversations about managing occupational road risk and road safety in general do save lives and and you've given some very clear insights there into the fact that all road users have got a, a part to play in in terms of delivering uh, organisational performance improvement in terms of the road safety framework Scotland's road safety framework to 2030, you know, these conversations will save lives and they will help us achieve our overarching goals. So how can we keep conversations about occupational road risk going and driving forward going throughout the road safety framework to 2030 and encourage people listening to the podcast to really start to speak to their people and with their people about driving risk? I'd say the the most important thing is to make sure that road safety is never an afterthought. Uh, bring it up to the top of the agenda. So, for example, when you're doing uh, supervision one-to-ones with people, when you're doing even um, uh, annual performance reviews, make sure that road safety, how you know, how is the driving going? Make sure that topic isn't an afterthought, that it's up there with the safe, health and safety issues at the beginning of the conversation. So make sure that road safety is always near the top of the conversation list. That would be my number one. And the other thing I would I would say is to try to take the blame and shame out of road safety. Everybody likes to believe that they're the best driver there ever was. And of course, if we're honest, we know we're not. The really good driver is the one who knows they never stop learning. And there's always there is always room for improvement. But the ability to have sensitive conversations with people about their driving and about road safety is sort of part of a a life, a coaching life, set of coaching life skills generally. But we're out there on the road far more than we realise. It's a far more risky place than we realise. And the scope for us to improve how we perform out in the road network is far greater than we realise. And it's just encouraging everybody to be honest about that and committing to do something positive to improve their their performance. It may be better compliance with posting speed limits. If you're an older driver like me, it may be being much more disciplined about making your observations at junctions. We know that older drivers, their cognitive abilities tend to decline as you get older. 
And so you actually positively got to make that commitment to not just looking once in a cursory way at the junction, but actually really looking and seeing, maybe look twice in both directions before you actually make the move. So it's having these sorts of practical conversations with people about things that they can do personally to improve their driving and also removing the fear that they may fear about rate that they may feel about raising assistance with management. So for example, if they are being made to drive on schedules and at times of day which are the routes and so on, which they find particularly stressful and impossible to manage when they're trying to manage other work objectives, they need to be able to raise those issues and say, this isn't working for me. It's not good for road safety. Um, I've, I've got some suggestions and some solutions to make which can help us improve. So a lot of the um, challenges about talking road safety at work are really relate to the kind of culture you've got in the workplace anyway and the ability that people have got to speak up and speak out and speak freely about their concerns and offer their suggestions as well. Yeah, I think I think for me uh, the the takeaway from your, your involvement in this series is is very much about road safety and driving, not as an afterthought. And these type of conversations that we can have through Scorsa, whereby we are talking about road safety, driving risk within the overall health and safety environment to consider how you can create the opportunities for conversations about how to improve through applying a plan, do, check, act approach. And and these conversations through SCORSA will help people's performance, individual drivers' performance uh, improve, which will impact on organisational performance, which will really help towards Scotland uh, attaining the targets set through the next 10 years towards the road safety framework to 2030. Thanks so much, Roger, for again sharing your thoughts on on this episode. And my thanks very much to you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on your usual podcast provider so you don't miss an episode. And we'd really love it if you could leave a review. Remember, road safety and driving risk is not an afterthought. It really will make this podcast easier for others to find. I'm Karen McDonnell and thanks for listening.